0: Good morning. My name's Raj, by the way. It's great to have you. I'm one of the elders too here at Jubilee Church. If you're a visitor today, today as Gavin said, welcome. So we've come to the end of this magnificent sermon series. Magnificent because of the topic that it's been all about. In Christ. Looking at probably one of the biggest questions, if you like, that affects the human soul. It really is. Who am I? Who are you? If you really think about it, deep down, this question that we've been looking at over the last few months, really slowing down, spending time looking at over the last few months, is actually when you look at the world around us, and as well as in our own lives, it's, it's often at the root of all kinds of stuff, suffering, insecurity, despair, bullying, injustice, temptation, depression, illness breakdown. Um, bigger than that, really, it's a question ultimately about the meaning of life. That's how alpha starts. Is there more to life than this? This value, this, this issue of who am I, identity, if you like, is an issue of purpose. It's an issue of hope. It's an issue of value and security. Who am I? why we've been looking at it. It's a big deal. This morning I feel the Holy Spirit, if you like, wants to seal these truths into our soul. I really kind of feel that as we've gone through this over the months. The Holy Spirit wants to seal these truths into our deep, deep being. I am forgiven. I have peace with God, relationship with God, friendship with God, the Bible says. I am chosen by God for purpose. I am adopted by him into his family, loved, righteous, victorious in Jesus. I am truly alive, the Bible says in Christ. I'm his masterpiece, as Marvach so brilliantly brought to us a few weeks ago. Amazing truths to pray through. Uh, Jubilee on Friday, I just printed a list of these things, and went off on my lunch break around the beach and all that kind of thing, just thanking God and praying one by one, one by one, these amazing truths. And you know what? My, I got excited about it. And why wouldn't you? These aren't. This isn't just mind over matter, as some people would uh, think you're doing. These these are amazing truths. These are God's miraculous life. Uh, God's miraculous life if you like transforming our very nature don't settle for anything less jubilee if you're not a Christian here this morning why not? why would you not want what God promises and seals into your heart and so to end this series we're going to be looking together this morning at a reality that underpins all of this really. A reality that makes this God-given identity, all that we've gone through over the last few uh, months, uh, a reality for us day to day, that empowers us to live it out, who we are in Christ. Christ. So we're going to read, and then uh, then it'll become clear what we're going to be looking at. Oh, it's probably already become clear um, what we're going to be looking at. Let's read Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. I'm going to be reading Jonathan Knight's favorite version, The Message. Oh, he's not here. Oh, he is here. Uh, the Message version, because sometimes I just find... Um, that reading from the message version, it's not an exact literal translation of the Bible, but it stops you to think you can become very, over, I can become very overfamiliar with what I read when I read the Bible again and again and again, particularly these verses. So message version, listen to this, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to high places of blessing in him, in Jesus Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us, you and me, in mind, had settled on us as a focus of his love, to be made holy and to be made whole and holy, righteous by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us. You and me who trust in Jesus, into his family, this family, through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved Son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, Jesus, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're free people free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all of our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything before. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could could possibly need letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. You have been let in on God's plans He set it all out before us in Christ again. A long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him, Jesus. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. You and me had His design on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose is working out in everything and everyone. It is in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet, a ring of a reminder, this signet from God is the first installment of what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has promised for, planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Let's pray. Thank you Lord Jesus that you are true and faithful. I thank you Lord that um, you pour out your Holy Spirit, that you never left us alone that actually you're with us now all morning, every day, as we come to you. We know your presence, we know your guidance, we know your truth, we know your wisdom. And I pray, Lord God, as we um, come to you in your word this morning, I pray, Lord God, as we look to your word this morning and kind of study it in a bit of detail, actually, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you won't just make this a little lesson in uh, Academic theology, but rather something that changes our very soul. I pray, Holy Spirit, that these words, different parts of them, speak to different people and draw people closer to you. Lift people's hearts so that we can be a worshipful people, a worshiping community together, relying on one one another, relying on you as the author and perfecter of our faith, and being sent out over the summer and onwards into the places you've called us to be, to bring your light, to bring your transformation, to bring your hope, to bring your confidence, to bring your security. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the NIV version of uh, uh, verse 13 says, When you believed, you were marked in him, in Jesus, with a seal, stamp, the promised Holy Spirit. You see, that word sealed there carries, um, carries the richness of all sorts of things. It carries the richness of authority. It's about belonging, how, how the Spirit calls us to belong. It's about ownership. It's about authenticity. He is the real deal. And security that comes from knowing and experiencing um, uh, our new life with God, God with us. You were were marked with Him like those sheep on the hills that get marked with a a red or a blue or a a letter or whatever it is. You were marked with Him with a seal. When God the Holy Spirit dwells in in us, we are stamped, if you like, with these glorious truths. Phenomenal, really. Um, At the start of his three-year jaw-dropping teaching, miracles, compassion-serving, loving ministry, Jesus, if you remember what happens, he gets baptized in water, doesn't he, by John the Baptist. And as he ascends out of the water, God the Holy Spirit stamps him for all to see and hear. It's a public declaration. And as he comes up out of the water, God declares over his son, This is my son, everyone, chosen and marked, sealed by my love, delight of my life. Message version. That's what God says of Jesus. Jubilee, hear this. I believe in Christ. That's what God is saying over your life, too. Over your life, Maza. Over your life, Anna. Over your life, Toby. Over your life, Rob, David. Martha. All of us. God is declaring that beautifully over us. And so the question... And so the question for this morning, really, which I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes or so looking at, is what does the sealing of the promised Holy Spirit look like in the life of a Christian, our life? Um, In other words, what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? And really, very simplistically, um, um, I'm I'm fairly simple, and so very simplistically, God the Holy Spirit does two things. That totally transforms his people. Firstly, he brings about and deepens. He brings about and kicks it off and deepens our relationship with God. And secondly, he empowers us to be fruitful and effective in all that he calls us to do. So that's where we're going, okay? So firstly, being sealed by God the Holy Spirit deepens our relationship, brings about a relationship with God. And he actually does that in several ways, lots of ways. Um, firstly, he's the one who starts this beautiful adventure in the first place. He's the one who brings new life. I think Gavin talked a little bit about that um, before. In John 3, 5-7, to 7, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. When Jesus says that, listen up. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the Spirit. You see, the Spirit gives us new birth, new life, everlasting life with God. We're born again in the Spirit. Become a bit of a cliche that. You might have thought it was your idea um, or your choice to choose a relationship with God. Wrong. God did it. God did it first. God drew you closer in. God went out of his way to save you, Jake, if you're in the room. To save others, those guys who were baptized the other day. Before they'd even thought about it. Jesus said, no one can come to me, John 6. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me, Jesus, draws them in. God initiates that process in our life. If you're not a Christian here this morning... Today, you could become one. You could be a Christian. God could do that in your life. The Apostle Paul writes to the Roman church after his amazing encounter with God on the Damascus Road. He says this, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. In you, boom. Huh. That's what we were celebrating the other day when we baptised Jake, Yaphet, Sarah. Amazing day, as um, they described how Jesus powerfully encountered them through the Spirit. And just like when my son Giorgio, or any of my kids, actually, when Giorgio was born, me and Charlotte didn't say, "Well, that's it, then. We're done here." No, this new life, being born again, as the Spirit brings that into us, is the very start of new exploits, new ventures, new encounters with God. Exciting, glorious. Do you want your life to be transformed in a way that will change you forever? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the answer. Secondly, He convinces that us that we're God's children. We got that on the adopted talk, didn't we, from Saroosh, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm to remember all these now. If you're, if you're a Christian, you're part of the family now. Ephesians 1.5, He chose us, you and me, to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. You know what? That is a radical statement as I remember Sarush unpacking it for us. Why? In Paul's day, the only, only the sons got all the inheritance. But Paul is shaking people in, in, into a new reality. He's saying now suddenly all that's changed. It's not just the sons. Now all of us who put our trust in Jesus, become the, the eternal forever inheritors of the blessings and riches of God the Father. It doesn't matter anymore what gender you are, what, um, where, what, what, how old you are, how young you are, every tribe, every tongue, every class, every background. That's what I love about this church. Whatever your past looks like, no one is excluded in Jesus' eyes. Through Jesus, we have royal blood running through our veins. We are sons of the King Jubilee. Hallelujah. If you want to dance, you can... No, no sorry. <laughs> But you know what? We can forget this truth very easily. Over the years, I've noticed that as I've counseled, prayed, walked with people, I've noticed that people forget. You know what? I forget sometimes. When suffering comes, when we mess up, when temptation hits us in the face, through life's distractions, all sorts of stuff, people, us, we forget. And in those times, God the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us God the Holy Spirit brings us back to reality. He moves our head around and says, look. In John 14, 16, Jesus says that after He dies and rises again, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate. That's one of the translations. Advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. That's who we need, don't we, in those times of distraction and and, and not hearing reality. That word advocate is a Greek word called parakaleo. Parakaleo. Uh, in the Greek, it's a very difficult word to translate. Commentators have a translators have a lot of you know have to scratch their heads when they're trying to work this word out because some, sometimes it's in some of the versions it's translated comforter, which is really sweet, but sometimes to me it sounds like a quilt. Sometimes it's tra- it's translated helper or a friend or encourage. It's a very rich and complex word. You see, the para bit, the first bit, the para bit means to come alongside, like the word parallel. God the Holy Spirit comes right alongside you. He stands by you. He upholds you. He represents you. He's loyal to the end. He's for you in the strongest sense. Are you getting the message? Para, like a father should be. But on the other hand, the kaleo bit means to declare, to call you, sometimes to argue with you even. There's a soft side of Him comforting you but also there's a hard side arguing with you, debating with you, challenging with you. What are you doing this for? Stop that. Get real. Open your eyes. God really does love you. Look at your Bible. This paracleo God is sometimes for you, against you. I love what Tim Keller says. He says, sometimes his love has teeth in it. Jubilee, we need this parakaleo God so desperately. This Father never shirks his responsibility. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit deepens our relationship with God by giving glory and attention to Jesus. It took me a long time to put that slide together. I know it doesn't look like it. Before Jesus was arrested and eventually crucified, Jesus spoke very intimately with his disciples over a meal in the upper room. You've read about it before. And in that intimate, tense moment, after three years of doing everything together with, with Jesus, he tells the disciples, I'm leaving you now. Bye-bye. My children, John 13, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. Toodaloo what Jesus tells them. What? Where are you going? What do you mean I'll be with you just a little longer? That wasn't the deal, Jesus. Surely that was never the deal. Can you imagine that shock and horror? Bye. But before Jesus left, he explained that he wasn't just leaving them. He was actually saying there was hope. It would be even better, Jesus said, without him. John 14, I will not leave you as orphans, though. I will come to you. That's Jesus' promise. What was he saying? What was he promising them? I'll tell you what he was saying. He was saying that before I was with only with a few of you, but now I will send the Spirit of myself, God the Holy Spirit, me in every way so that I can be with everyone, everywhere, every time, including all of you, Always. Ha. John sixteen fourteen. The Spirit will bring glory to me, says Jesus, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. The Spirit of Jesus Christ with you always. Are you growing? Are you growing in your love of Jesus on a daily basis? That's why I love praying. It kicks me into focusing in on Jesus as opposed to the things that draw me down. This love is phenomenal. Jesus' love is phenomenal. just saw these at the back of the room. I think Isabel did that one. And uh, I think Jesse did that one actually. Um, you know, God, God's spoken that love into their hearts too. This love is phenomenal. Um, uh, it's, it's not a kind of, I remember Sarush said, it's not a squishy, fluffy kind of love. I think that's what he said or something like that. Um, the other day he said, he said, this love is all out. His love moves him from heavenly glory and worship to earth to become flesh. From kingly majesty and honor to, be an, to being an infant who trips up, grazes his knees, vomits, soils his nappy. He moves from the everlasting intimacy with His Father to facing temptations of all kinds, misunderstanding, bereavement and rejection. He moves from the throne room of heaven, imagine it, to a cross, barely recognisable, with welts on His face, ripped flesh across His chest and back, mocked, abandoned, denied, betrayed, humiliated. He moves from sinless, glorious perfection to shouldering the wrath of God. He didn't deserve it. For all our lies and our lusts and our pride and our envy and our greed, totally alone, totally forsaken, like never before, for you and me. Do you know what real love is? With nails through his wrists and feet, with lungs filling up slowly with his own blood, All of God, remember this, all of God in the person of Jesus shows us absolute terrifying love as he cries out in his last breath, it is finished. The great rescue plan once and for all is over and done. When my friends at the school gate or wherever start arguing about the love of God in the Bible, I show them Jesus. Of course he loves you. You can't argue with that. God, the Holy Spirit, makes that real for us. You, me. He says, look, do you get it? I love you. 1 John 4, let us love one another therefore. For love comes from God. This is how God showed his love amongst, among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. You know what? God, the Holy, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, He brings the Bible, the truth of God, alive to us. That's another way that He establishes and deepens and enriches our relationship with God. You know what? God, the Holy Spirit, is described in the Bible as the Spirit of God. Truth, exactly. He authored the Bible. He's the one who breathed life and truth into it. That's how Jesus and the apostles used, to, used and talked about the Bible. That's why we take it so seriously, much to the ridicule of others. What 2 Peter one twenty says, No prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. No For prophecy never had its origin in the the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. There's so much detail in the Bible, isn't there? Paul's prayer to the Colossian church should be our prayer to Jubilee daily. Let the message of Christ dwell among you. Not just here, dwell like that... um, I can't remember who brought the uh, example of a house being made and God moves in. I think it was you, wasn't it? Um, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. He also helps us to pray too. That deepens our relationship with Him, doesn't it? Boy, we need this. I need help when it comes to prayer you see through through our pr- you see through prayer our intimacy and love for god grows through prayer our dependence on him strengthens faith rises trust deepens that's my experience of prayer through prayer god's will becomes real in our lives in our towns in our governments in our schools in our universities in the nations it's great to hear just the other day uh, on facebook the other morning how jeremy skyped on a big screen as uh, Michael Acotia in Ghana gathered his leaders, and together they were talking and praying through Skype. Technology has gone a long way. Down in uh, down in London at the prayer at the New Frontiers Prayer Day, uh, Terry, Virgo, Terry Virgo, Father of New Frontiers, really exhorted us to pray passionately, diligently, expectantly, not out of guilt, but out of grace, out of joy. He reminded us that that when you look at every case of revival and renewal in history over the years, all around the globe, not one of them ever came without an intensification of prayer. This is what John Piper writes, uh, 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 a church leader and Bible teacher in America. He says this, How astonishing, and I agree, how astonishing is it that God wills to do His work through people what is doubly astonishing is that he ordains or decrees to fulfill his plans by being asked to do so. God loves to bless his people, but even more, God loves to do it in answer to prayer. We believe that, don't we? We believe that. Elam, pray for me. Les prayed for me. Remember Jubilee, in our prayer we have an out, uh, In our prayer times, we have a helper, an encourager, the one who gives us faith to pray for mountains to be moved. Romans 8, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us. He knows us far better than we, we know ourselves and, get this, and keeps us present before God. That's, what, that's where we want to be, don't we? loved how uh, Andy led us in worship into the presence of God, the experience of God, heart rising. That's where we want to be, don't we? We want to see, we too want to see revival and renewal in our land in Teesside, don't we? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to help you pray. And sixthly, He transforms us. He purifies us. He makes us holy. This treasured, precious relationship, in this treasured, precious relationship, He makes us more and more like Him. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are fruits of the Holy Spirit doing God's stuff in us. That's how Jesus lived, didn't He? And you know what? God's promise is that is, is, is that for us too? We are being transformed, 2 Corinthians 3. We are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives daily, daily, daily. Who do you look like? Don't answer that question. God the Holy Spirit brings about and deepens our relationship with Him. So that more and more we become more and more uh, similar to Him. We look like Him. Wow, what a promise. But He also gives us power. He empowers us. A lot of you will have heard this. Our boiler, Jeremy used to use it a lot on Alpha, but it always stuck with me. Our boiler at home lives in a little utility room and has a little pilot light in it. A little flame that keeps things chugging along. That's a technical term, isn't Eric? Um, our heating and boiler expert. Chugging along. Yeah, that little pilot light. But when I turn the thermostat up, that little teeny-weeny little thing, which often I can't even see where it is, suddenly goes... And it's all ablaze. The whole thing starts shaking our boiler and booming as the entire heating system kicks into action all over the house, everywhere. Jemima knows right at the back of the house that the boiler's really on now. God the Holy Spirit ignites our life into action. He gives us boldness and joy. In Ephesians 5, Paul writes, don't get, it's a fascinating verse this, considering the time. In Ephesians 5, Paul writes, don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an odd thing to say that, isn't it? Particularly, Particularly in the culture of the day. When you look at commentaries, they're often a little bit scratching their heads about it. A little surprised. Why is the Apostle Paul comparing and contrasting being filled with God, the Holy Spirit, with a bottle of Jack Daniels or vodka or other alcohol? Well, firstly, he sees the similarity. Remember Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost when God first empowered His people with the Holy Spirit as, as in large groups of people with the Holy Spirit as thousands of people came alive to Jesus as people were filled with courage and happiness like they had never known before speaking openly about the wonders of Jesus with boldness and joy even though that it would cost some of their lives declaring their praise in a new language the gift of tongues All out, the crowds were flabbergasted as they looked on and saw thousands of people with a newfound vigour and courage. Remember what the onlookers said when they saw this? What did they say? They're drunk. They must be. That's what they thought. There was no other explanation. These guys are drunk. You see, when you drink... Alcohol, it gives you a courage to do things and say things that you ordinarily wouldn't do necessarily. When you drink too much, sometimes you get a buzz and a happiness that lifts you for a while, yeah? Maybe it's just me. You see, alcohol gets rid of your inhibitions. It melts your fears away. But, 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 this is not an exhortation to drink loads, by the way. But the difference that Paul is saying here is most important. Yeah? How does alcohol work? Alcohol depresses your mind. Alcohol dulls your senses so that you see less of reality. But God the Holy Spirit is altogether opposite to that. God the Holy Spirit doesn't make us less aware of reality, but more aware, intensely aware, not just material and physical stuff, but But supernatural and spiritual um, are, are, are supernatural and spiritual surroundings too. When we worship in spirit and truth, we don't just zone out or trance like I sometimes hear in trendy worship circles. No, we zone in. We come into the presence of God as He reveals truth and revelation to us. In worship, our hearts, like this morning, our hearts rise to the things of God. In Him, we're lifted and sent out with courage and joy. When we read and sing about truth, boom, God comes in. We're not depressed. We're intensified. To who God's about what God's about and who he is that's why Jesus said to his disciples you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth big big vision that's our calling that's the great adventure of God isn't it who will you boldly ask along over the summer, to Alpha? Who are you going to ask? Who will you go the extra mile in terms of serving them or their family? Who will you courageously invite to church over summer Sundays? Who will you prayerfully, who will you faithfully pray for? He brings power, courage and joy. But His power comes to us also um, in in. in in gifts. That's what the Bible says. We have some gifted individuals there. But there's lots more. One of the most exciting things Christians receive as they're filled with the Spirit is what we often call spiritual gifts. What are they? Well, you can read about that. you can read the list of them in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4. I believe they're not exhaustive either. I think the list goes on. I'm not going to list them all, but essentially, hear this, I'm not going to spend loads on this, this is almost another sermon. Essentially, spiritual gifts are differing abilities. God gives us differing abilities. Yeah. Um, um, Given by God the Holy Spirit to each believer, every one of you, say, every one of me. You, whatever. Every one of you, to meet the needs around you in such a way that it creates a community of people who are growing into the fullness and character of Jesus. That's what spiritual gifts are. They're not just things to make us fall over. God does that. But that's not the aim. I'll say that again. Spiritual gifts are differing abilities given by God the Holy Spirit to each believer, every one of you, to meet the needs around you in such a way that it creates a community of people who are growing into the fullness and character of Jesus. These gifts are not just for the church, but for the church to become... for the church to become individual life changers, street changers, University changes, school changes, hospital changes, prison changes, city changes, nation changes, world changes. That's why God gives the church the hope of the world. That's his big vision. The band can come up. You might want to start playing, kicking off with the song bit of background airplane music. No, that's a joke. That's a a personal joke between me and Andy. Um, This is what Ephesians 4.12 says. Um, Ephesians 4.12 says, So Christ himself, listen to this, so Christ himself gave various spiritual gifts to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ... Is anybody, is anybody the body of Christ in here? Just a few of you. No, lift your hands up please. You are the body of Christ. Good. So Christ, gave himself, uh, Christ himself gave very spiritual gifts to equip his people, all of us who trust in Jesus, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Receiving Jesus in spirit and truth causes us to reach out with this unique, transforming, life-changing gospel. Restoring and multiplying thriving communities of joy and purpose on Teesside. I love our community, our devoted group structures. Everyone released into the glorious mission of God as an act of their worship towards this living God. Wow! Let's stand. What a God. Let's stand. What a God. What a church. What a life. What's stopping you? Signed, sealed, and delivered by God the Holy Spirit. For everyone to see, marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lift up your hands. Let's worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just start, start, start declaring your love for him. Start declaring your love for him. You might want to sing in tongues. You might want to shout in tongues. You might want to speak in your own language, Tigrinian, Farsi, English, whatever it is. Let's just lift our voices. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're an amazing God. Thank you that you're the King of heaven, the Lord of lords. Thank you that you are a world changer. Thank you that when you died on the cross, you said, it is finished. The great rescue plan was over. I thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us as orphans, but you sent your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God who dwells with us, that he dwells with us. Start praying for your town, your neighborhood, the place where God's...